And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. Covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the beautiful state of Alabama. Talk about this show goes way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. Just for good measure. So, um, hey, I'm, I'm moving to number two of the Triple Dipper, a walk in Biden's world. And by the way, coming up top of the hour, uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for the Grand Council with myself and Dale Jackson and Jeff Poor. We do it every Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Three conservative talk show hosts in one place. Look out. But nonetheless, uh, a walk in Biden's world. That's number two of the Dipper. A walk in Biden's world. My Here's my point in doing this. Um there are those squeaky wheel stories. They're the ones that we always hear. They're the, you know, the, the war in Ukraine. And, and you get, you get some, some tidbits about it. Every once in a while, we got to do a little bit of a deep dive. Every once in a while, we got to look around and say, hey, by the way, what else is happening in world events? Because in, in my opinion, and maybe more so than ever before, we have, a, we have a, um, an administration right now that is operating without a foreign policy strategy. <laughs> If you know what it is, tell me. Is there is there an enunciated foreign policy strategy that actually guides the things that they say and do? You know, like we've in in, in years past, we've had you know the Monroe Doctrine, the Bush Doctrine, the um, the uh, the Trump foreign policy of America First, the um, the Reagan policy of peace through strength. Is there anything out there that Biden can put his name on? Like, here's my policy. And if there is, I don't know what it is. I think it's like a let's play catch up every time we turn around. That's what it does. The Biden administration policy. Well, what do you feel like today? I don't know. What'd they say? I'll, who, who talked to him last? I don't know. Let me run through a series of stories to give you an idea of the kind of things that are out there in the world, some of which wind up getting pretty dicey that may or may not have even been on your radar right now, but they're going to be in a minute. So let's take a walk in Biden's world. First of all, I want to point out that President Biden's uh, Secretary of the Army, Christine Warmoth, the same person who has been Secretary of the Army and has presided over the Afghanistan pullout debacle and the recruiting failures, um, she is now testifying to Congress, and this story is dated yesterday, off of justthenews.com. U.S. Army Secretary Christine Warmoth predicted that if China got into a major war with the U.S., the communist-led country would indeed attack the American homeland. So she's predicting the possibility of war here in our backyard. Her quote, quote, the United States homeland would be at risk as well with both kinetic and non-kinetic attacks, cyber attacks on the power grid or on pipelines. And she went on to talk about how this would be used in order to try and defeat U.S. morale. What she's trying to say is um, we are not looking at a World War II scenario where the boys will go over there. All right. Um, we're talking about, in her opinion, as the Army Secretary, she's saying that a major war with China, which our tensions with China right now are at all-time highs, a major war with China could very easily result in both kinetic and non-kinetic action right here on U.S. soil. Well, let's keep that going. Fox News has a story dated today, a very comprehensive story, a rather shocking story. Headline, U.S. mainland is under threat as Iran pushes assassinations and kidnappings, according to a recent report. You know, why this is not the top headline of every news broadcast, I don't know. It says, amid the report that a top Iranian regime military official on Friday urged the murders of the ex-commander of CENTCOM, General McKenzie, former President Trump, and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, 
A new report also asserts that Iran is likely behind a kill list targeting law enforcement agencies in Boston. In Boston. So his name is Amirali Haji Zada. Amirali Haji Zada. He's the commander of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Aerospace Division. He declared during a televised interview just last week, he said, God willing, we will be able to kill Donald Trump, Mike Pompeo, CENTCOM Chief General McKenzie, and others who ordered the killings of Qasim Soleimani. All right, so not only do we have a state actor calling for the execution of a former president of the United States and others in his cabinet, we also have in this report the story that I had not seen until I got ready for today's show that apparently there's a project right now which has gained a lot of controversy. Uh, it's called the Mapping Project. The Mapping Project in Boston is appears to be funded by the Iranian government, and its purpose is to create basically a doxing and targeting website where they list all major government facilities, synagogues, and other areas of interest throughout the Boston area. So a 24-page report by the California-based Zakor Legal Institute outlines what it says are Iranian threats against U.S. targets that include the Boston Police Department, the FBI, other government law enforcement agencies. It's called the Mapping Project. The Boston Mapping Project was originally thought to be planned by anti-Semitic terrorists, but now what we're finally beginning to see is that it appears to be funded in part by the Iranian government. This is on our soil. A uh, spokesperson for the U.S. National Security Council deferred to the State Department. A spokesperson then for the State Department said, we have no information to provide you. But what we're seeing, though, is a report says China could bring war to the U.S. mainland. Iran is calling for the assassination of top U.S. officials and, oh, by the way, helping fund a targeting list in Boston. At the same time, we have a report that came out yesterday. It was the lovely Charlene who pointed it out to me. Reuters is reporting right now that a U.S. official uh, is claiming that the Iranian government may have enough fissile material to make an atomic bomb within the next 12 days. 12 days. That's one bomb. It's one low-yield nuclear device. But nonetheless, it's a nuclear device, and they could have one ready in roughly 12 days. Uh, that report came out yesterday. Undersecretary of Defense for Policy Colin Call, according to Reuters, made the comment to a House of Representatives hearing when pressed by a Republican lawmaker as to why the Biden administration had sought to revive the deal. He basically threw it off in the Trump administration, and, and, and I'll paraphrase, but in essence he said that the Trump administration had made the world less safe and that uh, if we don't get back to the program of trying to you know, pay Iran not to build nukes, that they'll build them quicker and that they're now at about 12 days capacity is what he said. Two separate stories, one from Newsmax, one from Military.com. That's one liberal, one conservative site, both of which confirm the IAEA, and I'm paraphrasing now, but the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, which is doing random inspections on nuclear facilities in Iran, claims to have found Iranium-enriched uh, particles that reach up to 83.7% of quality. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I didn't say at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I don't know all this stuff, but what I'm reading in the reports clearly indicates that that's more than enough uh, weapons-grade level of purity to build a nuclear device. A spokesman for Iran's civilian nuclear program, Beruz Kamavandi, 
sought last week to portray any detection of Iranian or uranium particles uh, enriched to that level as just being a, uh, uh, an outlier. Oh, the, this is, that was an outlier in the system. It was not, it was not indications that we have bad things. <laughs> You're Iran. Uh, Iran has been producing uranium rich to 60% purity, a level for which nonproliferation experts say has no civilian use. So they're supposed to be kept at like 3.6% purity, which would allow them to have a nuclear reactor. But instead, they've been going to at least 60%, and now IAEA inspections are saying they're finding upwards of 87% quality um, of enriched uranium. And, oh, by the way, Undersecretary of Defense says they may have a, the ability to build a bomb within 12 days. So, okay, a walk in Biden's world, what does that do? Does it make the world less safe? I would say so, yes. Does it, make the, does it, does it have you uh, sitting a little bit on the edge of your seat? I hope so. Here's the other piece of this, though. What does it do in other countries? Saudi Arabia, according to the nationalnews.com. Nationalnews.com, Saudi Arabia says a nuclear arms race in the Middle East cannot be ruled out. So here we go. Saudi Arabia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Prince Faisal bin Farhan al-Saud, says he cannot rule out a nuclear arms race in the region. Speaking at the Munich Security Conference, he said the kingdom was concerned about Iran's nuclear program and wanted negotiations between Tehran and world powers to resume. At a session titled The Middlemen, the geostrategic role of Middle anyway, Prince Faisal said, quote, if one state gets nuclear weapons, especially one that has expressed aggression toward its neighbors, I think everyone will start thinking about how to protect themselves. I hope it never happens. The genie will be hard to put back in the bottle. All right, there's so, – so first of all, China is – is said to be capable of bringing the attack to the U.S. mainland. Iran is said to be able to build a nuke within the next 12 days should it decide to do so. Trace particles of highly enriched uranium are being found by nuclear inspectors. And then on top of that, Saudi Arabia is saying, just saying, it's going to be a nuclear arms race. We can't just sit idly by and let that happen. So a nuclear arms race on the most restive, you know, portion of, of, of the geography in the world is not a good idea. Meanwhile, what's happening with China and Taiwan? Article here on military.com again, dated today. Taiwan says China sent 25 warplanes and three ships towards its island most recently. China sent 25 warplanes, three warships towards Taiwan on Wednesday morning of last week. The island's defense ministry said, as tensions remain high between Beijing and Taipei's now. This happens. The ministry said 19 of those planes crossed into what uh, Taiwan calls its air defense identification zone, while the ships continued to operate out in the Taiwan Strait. It said Taiwan responded by scrambling fighters, dispatching ships, and activating coastal missile defense systems to closely monitor. China stages encourages like this on a near-daily basis, part of what's called its gray zone tactics. But Taiwan has been responding by upgrading its fleet of F-16s, and ordering 66 more of them from the United States. And U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken canceled a visit to Beijing last month. We're just walking in Biden's world. All this stuff happening at one time. Were you tracking all this, Boomer? I mean, is this... <laughs> no, I mean, were you tracking it before today's oh, No. I mean, no. He's looking at me like, yeah, I am. I'm saying <laughs> nah, no. I'm, I'm saying, tracking it now. That's the thing. I think a lot of the stuff flies under people's individual radars. It's right. not the top story on Fox News, so we don't always see it. That, that's exactly what it is. Uh, North Korea, 1945.com. 
North Korea again launches two different nuclear-capable missiles. Is this considered significant? Well, I'd say yes. Now, it happens all the time. It's North Korea, right? When we get back from this break, I'll tell you, what about this particular launch was more significant? Two different nuclear-capable missiles. There's your clue right there. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. We're taking a walk in Biden's world. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Text lines have just, like, blown up. I mean, how do I keep track of all this? Got a brand-new texter on the line who didn't tell us their name or where they're from, but they did say, regarding your stories about China and Iran, how many have already come across our southern border? Not hard to imagine how these countries take advantage of that golden opportunity in Biden's world. Totally agree. Tell us who you are and where you're from, but thanks for being on the text line. Uh, oh, they just okay. It's Mike and Madison. He just texted you. Well, I was that was kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> Mike and Madison, appreciate you. Thanks for being on the line. Uh, John from Huntsville said, "A walk in Biden's world, Phil. I'm terrified. This is going to scar me for life." Uh, Sama the truck driver. Sama the truck driver says Biden's policy is destroy America. Mm, there you go. John from Athens says, with regards, I guess to the um, the the thing about broken windows a while ago. Says in the military, we call it setting a new standard. If someone's caught wearing earrings in uniform and they're not supposed to, and you don't correct it, all you've done is set a new standard. Just like these politicians do, they don't care about regulations; they just want to make the standard. So, I, you know, that's a it's a great point. Um, by not enforcing a standard, you have indeed established a new standard. That's that's a that's a great point, John from Athens. Jeff from Indiana. Uh, shouldn't you call this a trip in Biden's world? He does that a lot, you know. Which is funny because Brandy from Athens followed up right after that and said, shouldn't that be a stumble in Biden's world? <laughs> uh, golly bum. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs, broken windows. Huntsville councilman who shoplifted a few dozen times feels an apology warrants his forgiveness and remains a councilman. That's Well, he's a councilman for now, bud, but uh, hang in. We'll, we'll see whether he stays there or not. Oh, uh, what else do we got there? Um, I, I don't. Apparently, Leanne from Huntsville was disagreeing with me about a lot of things. It says, "Agree, agree, agree." Uh, so thank you, Leanne, for the affirmation. Uh, I had a new texture, and now I can't find it. I was going to say, "Welcome to the line." Um, shoot. Well, now I don't have where it is. Somebody was brand spanking new on the on the lines today. But anyway, we got a bunch of folks. I'm looking at more texts from Andrew from Athens, Jerry from Athens, Brian from Huntsville. Uh, John from Pike Road, down yonder in Pike Road, my friend John. Appreciate you, John. Thanks much. Um, all right. Let's move this thing to a conclusion. North Korea did indeed launch two more nuclear-capable missiles in the last week. They were, part, they were their um, Hwasong-15, early analysis confirms. And they also went on what's called a lofted angle, which means that if it had leveled out, it would have been sufficient to reach the continental United States. So... Significant piece here is that they did appear to be successful launches, which means the Wasong 15 is um, is their most current capable ICBM, North Korea, which has now been deemed to be more successful in its capabilities because they've been having a lot of trouble with stability and all that kind of stuff. 
But the Wasong 15 and they have a 600 millimeter multiple launch rocket system are both nuclear capable now. And it's key to note, they say in this article from 1945.com, that the North Koreans have now successfully launched the Wasong 15 several times, which indicates that the weapon system is becoming far more reliable. I will also tell you this, that makes it an exportable commodity for uh, North Korea. They're going to find a way to sell this to somebody. Uh, Military.com has a piece pointing out that membership for Finland and Sweden is now top priority in NATO. NATO membership for Finland and Sweden, by the way, Russia hates this idea. Russia does not want to see Finland and Sweden join the NATO alliance. Um, NATO does. So it looks like it's going to happen. And there's been uh, some um, you know, disagreement among members at some point. But I think that's all going by the wayside as Russia continues to overreach in its war in Ukraine. I got a caller online. Is that Sparky? Sparky from Harvest. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm good. Great show, you and you and Boomer. Thank you, bud. I really just called to say hi, and uh, I, I had a thought today, and I've, we've heard it many times, but you were talking about stumbling Joe Biden, the Alzheimer's patient, earlier. And uh, I'm beginning to believe it's, it's absolutely true, the greatest insurance to – Joe Biden not getting kicked out of office, even by his own people. And clearly they have no intention of letting him run in 2024. Yeah. Is, is, uh, his, his, uh, gender politics, uh, gender identity vice president. She's such a complete screw up and, uh, and less, less capable than him. He's at least malleable and controllable by the people who are actually pulling the strings. But, uh, Man, what what a t- what a time we live in, huh? So you're so you're saying you think the insurance policy against having him thrown out of office early is her? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, she she embarrasses herself and her family name on a daily basis. So the, the, that they ever let her near an open microphone is 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 amazing, absolutely amazing to me. And I and I see the powers that be in the deep, horrible, filthy Washington swamp. They're going to let him finish out his term even though the prosecution is definitely coming from Hunter Biden. Old Joe is going to be Teflon somehow, and they're going to let him finish out his term, and then they'll figure out what what, what gender, cisgender, identity politics candidate they want for 2024. It, but it is not going to be sleepy Joe Biden. Maybe Samuel Brenton will come back and run for office. Who knows? Sure. But, sure. But just, and, then, and then pray tell, what would he wear to the coronation? I need to, <laughs> He'd still die. Yeah. Uh, Sparky, appreciate you, man. Heading into the end of the break. So uh, thank you, brother. We'll appreciate you. We'll have you back on again sometime soon. Um, text lines as the music gets ready to play. I'll just tell you uh, uh, where else have I got? Casey, uh, Casey Junebug. So Casey Junebug from Hartzell uh, says it completely blows my mind. There would even be a discussion about punishment of crime in America. How far have we gotten? It's, it's true. I mean, I, I agree. The fact that you have some folks that say we just need to be not enforcing certain crimes. Well, if they're crimes, they're crimes. Kenny from Elkmont, Biden's policy is to buy votes with student loan forgiveness. Yes, he's tried it. I think the court's about to shut him down. Tyler from Huntsville, shouldn't a trip in Biden's world be part of Woke World segment? (laughs) Ah, And then Cynthia from Claiborne County. My parents always taught us there's consequences in doing wrong, but nowadays some people don't want to accept that. Yep, indeed. All right, coming back, the Grand Council with Jeff Poor, Dale Jackson, and myself. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. 